0: It's just like getting, uh, it's
1: the first hill of the roller coaster. And you hear those clickers, the loud sound. It's really violent, metal, chunk, chunk, chunk. And you go, what, what's going on here, you know? Boy, this thing's really, really goes high. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go over the top. The wedding is at the top.
0: You go over the top, there's the wedding, and then you just scream even if you make plans you never think you're really ready for marriage no it's it's like uh any growth you're not you can't be ready for it because that's it's growth it's going to be new it's going to be new you're going to have a new life you're going to be a new person Uh
2: could make you wait
0: forever or forever this is forever If there's a question
2: of the You got all right, all right, all right. Welcome to week four's episode of the Big Show podcast. <laughs> the episode this week is brought to you by Wale. A song called The Matrimony from his album, The Album About Nothing. And the man at the beginning there is our Super Bowl halftime performer, Usher. So a lot going on there. I think the intro to that speaks a lot about change in life and how people adjust to it and how change can just be growth. And that could be a good thing no matter what. And I've kind of taken that lesson to heart ever since I first listened to this album in 2015. So, yeah, figured I'd play it this week. We've got uh, a co-host this week is Mr. Brendan Check himself. Mr. Two and One, right? One and two. One and two. All those, right, can... those, those, those defenses, man. Yeah. Well, we got a couple of one and twos in the house tonight then. Look at us. We're terrible. <laughs> but how are we doing, man? What are you doing? Uh, not too much uh, watching the game. Uh, it's
1: 14-zip four, now. So Sorry, 14-3. My bad.
2: 14-3. 14-3. All right. So not much from Laporta yet. That's good. <laughs> I got nervous i got nervous but are you in your in your uh, apartment in new york yeah i am in my uh fancy
1: fancy high rise here and on uh, my teacher salary um uh, <laughs> I, ex- I it's funny cuz it's like it actually is like a nice high rise i'm living that
2: uh that 40 40th floor life right now so how long is your elevator ride every day so
1: we get the uh we get the express elevator that skips like all the low floors. So it's like crazy fast, but it breaks like every day. So <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not have, oh, you did, have
2: you had
1: to I to... I thought about how it's like maybe for like a workout, I, I should t- just do the stairs. Yeah. I, then I thought, you know, halfway through it,
2: I would probably just pass out. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking stairs. I imagine moving in and moving out is not the most ideal thing in the world.
1: Um, it's easy when you just buy mostly new new furniture.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And I I saw a video the other day of somebody in the North End. Um, uh, they tied a rope to the couch and they were basically they'd created a pulley system and they were pulling the couch up into their apartment. Grow uh, rope instead of having to go through those tiny little staircases and twist and turn and shit. So city, city living at its finest, I guess. But let's get into it. We've got a fun set of matchups this week in week four. A lot of one and twos like you and I couple of two and ones and only two three and ohs got chris howard who's first overall three and oh jimbo who's three and oh they're pretty close in points four chris has got and, four and and, and, and and jimbo's up there at three and oh yeah he's, he's go. o- good for him he's only four points behind chris too so it's not like uh there's no signs of an anomaly there um you know, we got Phil, who's two and one because he lost to Chris last week. Uh, Pat, who's two and one, sitting at fourth place. Stasitis, who's two and one, sitting at fifth. And then List and Fournier, who are both at 387 at sixth and seventh. And then we get into the one and twos where we've got Labar, you, myself, Kareem, and Andy. And then at the bottom right now we've got Tim and Max. We're both sitting zero and three. So, quick little rundown of the standings through three weeks. Um, let's get into a buy low, sell high, people. Uh, we each chose one of each. Uh, you go first, Brendan. Who who's a sell high candidate for you at this point in the season? So, I got I got two sell high
1: guys. One is. Your, your boy, A-Chain, I mean, he put up crazy numbers. He's a young guy, so it's like yeah, he is. people are, are going to want to eat him up. So I think if there's a time to sell, I don't think you're going to sell him. But if there's a time to sell, now is definitely the
2: time. Well, I did try to uh, trade him to Kareem before his 60-point performance. It was uh, DK and A-Chain for – actually, it's a now. I, People saw that, but he said he wants his name to be pronounced A-Chan, A-Chan, which oh, okay A-chan. all which right, is super weird, but we'll get used to it. Um, It was DK and A-Chan for Puka, Tim's first, Um, uh, nah, I don't even remember, it was what I thought was a fair trade, and then A-Chan went off, and was like, oh shit, thank God, he didn't accept that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a good candidate for sell high for all the reasons you said. Also, because it's like, i going to get 60 points again. No. What is he going to do?
1: Yeah. Is, is he I mean, I stalled? think, I don't know. The, dan- the danger is with most air uh, Mo there. It's like he has competition. Yeah. So it's, you never know how that backfield is, is going to get split up. Because it's it's like, all right, if one guy goes off, are they going to let the other guy kind of take it easy? Um, I mean, yeah, that, that Broncos game is not going to happen again. Like, they're not going to put, put up 70 points like that.
2: No, and honestly, like, they could get into some games where they just don't really run the ball because they have so many weapons, they can do whatever the hell they want. They didn't even have Jalen Waddle last week, who's set to come yeah. back this week. So it, it's, it's interesting, you know, I think I think it's hard to sell high on him right now because of all the reservations that we're stating. But he is still a good sell-high candidate. And if he has a pretty decent week this week, you bet your ass people are going to want him. Yeah. He's 21. He's 21. You know? Yeah. So uh, my sell-high, you said you had two. So I'll do it high, and then, then you do so- your last
1: I'll, I'll I'll toss my second sell, sell high guy out here because it's a very like low key sell high uh, yeah. Jordan Palmer, you know j- just because it's like yeah with Mike Williams getting injured which of course um, it's like yeah that 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 second Chargers wideout is always kind of a, like a big money maker. I don't think I don't think it's worth it because. Mike Williams before this blow up game wasn't getting much work, so I don't think the offense is as geared towards a second wideout anymore. Um, But I think if there's a time to sell high for Jordan Palmer, it's before he hits the field and you see that he's not gonna be Mike Mike Williams.
2: Yeah, and there's also Quentin Johnston there, Louis Shadows, which which is something you know um but there's a lot of uncertainty with QJ um like if he was that good I feel like they would have given him more work already and it wouldn't have been the whole Palmer number three QJ number four stuff uh but there's no doubt there's going to be more opportunities there I do think there's a ceiling on Palmer and I think um it's not a very big ceiling, but I also think he has a pretty good floor. And he's in a like one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, so, like The situation is really good. And I think we're going to talk about this more and more throughout this episode. And as the season goes along, it's like, I don't know how many people would want to make a move for him because there are so many wide receivers. It's like the biggest pile of poo. In the history of fantasy football, and like some of that poo is really good, some of that poo is really stinky, kind of like poo. But like it, it's tough. um You know, I offered someone a trade today that included DK and Godwin, and then based on the conversation, I thought it was go. You know, I thought it would be more appealing to throw Palmer in there, and they ended up saying no, not because of Palmer, because of Godwin, because they just felt good with their guys. So. Um it's it's interesting, right? Like, does Palmer have more appeal than someone like Chris Godwin who's got a shitty situation, who hasn't had a good start to the year, but is in my opinion, like clearly a better player? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there. Um but I'll go with my sell high guy. I was all amped about um starting off this week's episode with the who's don't get fooled again because uh it's no secret deandre swift has looked really good and deandre swift has been traded many many times (laughs) probably because i've traded for him at least twice and then as soon as i've had him i've been like why is he on my team he does this all the time he leaves games early he gets hurt he doesn't get touches oh my god like whatever so i told myself beginning of the year don't think highly of swift because he's just gonna hurt you um but he's looked so good I couldn't help it. You know, you see yeah. him run through those gaping holes from the Philly O line, and you're like, Oh, that's good. I want that. <laughs> but unfortunately, I couldn't do that bit this week because Kareem went ahead and traded for him before this episode. So I don't I don't know. I think that will either propel Kareem into the contender category because he also got Kittle and Tua, um, or it might keep him in the dungeon because Tua could get Tua's injury prone no matter what you say. Kittle is not a very consistent fantasy tight end, and Swift is injury prone. So like he kinda he kind of took a swing with those guys, but if they work out, Groom's gonna be a contender. So I, yeah. I get it.
1: Which, which is funny for for someone that went into the year in tank mode. Like, uh, yeah, like he could be a like a dark horse uh, contender here.
2: Yeah, and that's honestly one of the reasons why I traded um Quentin Johnson pickings in that first and Kareem's first next year for digs and a later round pick. Because as soon as I started to look at Kareem's team, I was like, he has a chance to really make the playoffs and make some noise. And like, I acquired that pick with thoughts of it being like a top five pick. And I don't, I think it could very easily not be a top eight pick. So, yeah, uh, but anyways, my. My player that I decided to go with, you already mentioned him. It's Raheem Mostert. Um, I think he's a stud, but he can't stay healthy. He's never lasted before. And I know it sounds because I have made offers for him. People are saying, oh, you just want to be able to trade for him, yada, yada, yada. Um, But I honestly just see him as a good early season option to help you get a couple of wins at the beginning of the year. And I think Jim's team is very good. And it would suck to see that team falter as you get close to the playoffs because, Mostert is a guy who's been in the league for almost 10 years and he's never stayed healthy. And I'm pretty sure Jim's a little thin at the running back position. So I'm going Raheem Mostert is a sell high candidate. And I, I like how, how, we, how we both chose uh, Dolphins running backs here. And you know what we haven't even said? They're still getting connected with rumors to Jonathan Taylor. So if that is still in the cards, yeah. Anyways, we'll see what happens there. Um, my buy low candidate is someone who's on my team. Uh, it's Javante Williams. Um, and I know people are gonna say same things before. You're trying to get value for one of your guys because you can't execute a trade anymore. And look, I am struggling executing trades. I do miss doing them every other day. Uh, but that being said, he's getting at least 15 touches every week. He's getting healthier. He's getting stronger. And despite the fucking Jaleel McLaughlin random red zone carries that have resulted in two touchdowns and the few targets that Preen will get each week, Javante's the guy in the offense. And yes, the Broncos are a joke of a team. They just give up 70 points. Despite that, I do still think Sean Payton knows what he's doing. So I do think they're going to turn it around a little bit. So I think there's a couple of things to look at as signs of encouragement, um, despite how bad it is. So yeah, he's a, he's a candidate. For it. So it's, it's kind of funny that you say that because my
1: buy candidate, well, I had two again. One 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 is on my team and yeah. this is, is going to be kind of like a basis of a lot of this, of this episode. Najee. Oh, Najee. Najee. I. he's so bad. He's so bad, but it's like, how can he be this bad when he looked so good? And that first season, he looked so good. And yeah. I don't understand how watching these games, I mean, yeah, Najee is trash, but also it seems like there's – the holes are so much bigger when Warren is in running back, which, like, it's just, like, super bad luck. To be fair, like, when there is a hole half a time, Najee – doesn't hit that hole but still like the, the holes for it for warren seems so much bigger which like has no connection to him or it shouldn't have, have a connection to
2: him i've always kind of wondered in those because like i've experienced what you're describing before and it's like how come the holes are bigger from the other guys and not my guy it's like well how much is it because my guy's not as explosive and doesn't just go straight north south running style instead of trying to get cute going east to west and how much of it is like when my guy's in there, it's the more predictable play. Like, perfect example is last year I had Brian Robinson, and I was like, all right, he's getting carries, whatever. But it was so obvious. Anytime he's in there, they're running the ball. They're going to give it to him right up the middle. So defense could, game, could scheme against that a lot better. Um, and I, I don't know how much of that, like, what it all comes down to with Najee, but when Jalen Warren's out there, he does look – like, he's got a better burst. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's almost like Najee was, is, like, the Trent Richardson. If Trent Richardson was, like, kind of not a failure. You yeah. know? Richardson was a total failure. And Najee's, <laughs> like, kind of not a failure. And he's, like, whatever, but he's kind of a failure at the same time. So, like, yeah.
1: Like, I, <laughs> I, I get it. Because like Najee will break off the occasional run, where it's like, oh yeah, it's like this is how good he can be, yeah. But that's only like once a game. He'll he'll get like an eight yard run that looks amazing.
0: Yep.
1: And then everything else, he's he doesn't even get past the line line of, of, of scrimmage. I got you. Yeah. Like, so and and was- the thing is, it's like volume is is king. Like he's still getting carries. And I and I think I think the first two games were a bad example because like they just didn't run the ball much those first two games because like they were always down by a lot, I'm pretty sure, in those first two games. So yeah, he didn't get any carries really. And so he was awful. This last game, he finally got a decent amount of carries, and I think he put up like what 12, 12 fantasy points, something like that, maybe. I, like a, a very modest number, but not not
2: terrible. So let me ask you this: We did this last week. So Najee is a buy low candidate. What? Oh my God, his stats are terrible. Um, six points, six points, eight points. That's that's not great. It's not great, Bob. But he did get twenty touches last week, and you know they did play against San Fran and Cleveland, who are probably two of the best three defenses in the league this year. And yeah, it's early. And you could argue, well, yeah, maybe their defenses look so good because Steelers' offense looked that bad. But we've had a big enough seat, uh, sample from the Niners, and Cleveland has been having a pretty good defense for years, and Miles Garrett is really, is healthy. So yeah. um, I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's a little concerning that he had 20 touches and only eight, eight eight and a half points last week and a 50% snap share. Um, but – he's still skilled and he's talented so it'll be interesting to see what happens and his schedule does get easier as you get after their bye week so um here's a question what would you trade Najee for
1: so i'm pretty sure everyone knows knows my manager style at this point that i am so stupidly high on all my own guys that my asking price for my guys are always way too high. And so I think even though Najee is a buy low guy, I think I would still want way too much for him. Like at a minimum, minimum I think I would still want a first round pick. And it's like, I don't think anyone's going to give me that. And I'm saying at a minimum, even that I would be like, uh, I don't know. It would, it would have to be like multiple first, which is is crazy. Crazy to say for someone that has put up six points per game and looks terrible and will possibly lo- lose lose his job to to J- Jalen Warren. But I I got to stick to my guys like uh, McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, Najee. Um, those are my guys, and, and, and it's like yeah, yeah. Deontay is is my guy too. Where it's like. I just can't let them go because I'm going to be so mad if I trade them and then they finally break out because I just – I know that that they have it in them. Yeah. It, it was very tough parting w- with Mike Williams. Like, it took a lot. It was, it was a step forward for me moving on for, from, from Mike Williams. And oh, it, was, it, it was the it was right decision. It. So maybe I, I should use that as an example that I should trade my guys and let them go,
2: that there's no point of me standing firm on all of this. As someone who has made a crazy amount of trades, you have to just be okay with the possibility of getting hurt. And it has worked out for me for many years, but I am on a run now where it has not worked out at all. And I'm curling into a ball and kind of overrating my players too. And that's, uh, I feel like that's a common theme throughout the league right now. Like everyone still feels good about their team, good about their players. Oh, I'm one and two. I still have a good squad. Oh, I'm all and three. I got a shot. Oh, I'm three and oh, like I'm ready to take over. So like we're in a, we're in a time right now where nobody's really trying to make moves Um, where that cutoff is like, is it week four, if someone falls to one and three or is it week five, if someone uh you know was two and one and then they lose two in a row and they're two and three like who knows um but I think it's coming soon and I do agree with pretty much every single thing you said about Najee. Like if you want a first cool nobody's gonna give you a first. You would only do it if you get two first nobody's gonna give that to you right now for Najee. So whatever. Not gonna lie. So, I was curious.
1: I, my problem is that I'm too sentimental and I think the only guy, because like I don't even have much interest in trading for other players, because I, I'm committed to my guys. The only guy that's like, man, it's like I would love to have him, Etienne, my boy. Uh... Which I when I was when I was making all, all all these crazy notes here, it hit me how it's like, Etienne was always the pick. Yeah, like that's who I wanted originally. That's who I always wanted was Etienne. And then yeah. I caved and went Najee. Yeah. Well, not I didn't cave, I ETN, ETN Torres, or whatever. Yeah. But it's like Etienne was my guy. It's like I wanted him or Najee easily. Yeah. And so he's the one guy that I would trade all of my picks for, for ETN. Uh, I list. I hope you're listening. Cause again, take all my picks and take Najee for Etienne deal is on the table future first and and Najee for etn i love
2: it i love it uh it's amazing hopefully we get another trade and result of the podcast because last week kareem did say max i want swift i'll give you cook and that's what they did so no pressure now you guys have to make a trade um but with that let's get to our league matchups um We'll run through these pretty quickly. We'll start with Fournier versus Chris. Fournier comes in at two and one. Chris is again three and zero. Oh. Um, Chris is projected one forty three to one seventeen for Fournier, so it's not looking like it should be a close matchup. Um, at the QB range, at the QB spot, we got Joe Burrow, who's a shell of himself, versus Josh Allen. So, uh, I feel like advantage Fournier there. Uh, running backs are Tony Pollard and James Conner for Chris versus Kenneth Walker and Khalil herbert for Fournier. I think it's an easy, big advantage for Chris there. Yeah. Um, and then w- wide receivers, we got Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Tutu Atwell versus Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and Marvin Mims. So I think we're starting to understand why the projections are so far apart. Um And then at the tight end in Flex, Chris has got Mark Andrews and your boy, Jalen Warren, in there right now. And um, Fournier's got Kyle Pitts and T Higgins. So uh, if Pitts actually has one of his three annual good games this week, um, Fournier should have the advantage in those two slot matchups. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I do think this projection, this score is probably going to be close, I think um if chris does score around 140 i think that means Fournier has a chance because chris's team typically if they have a couple of good performances is going to drop probably 150 160 um and potentially more so you know i i think chris is going to win 155 to 130 and that that's my guess what do you think um
1: i think it's going to be a blowout like i i think Fournier's team I don't think I don't think that he puts up 100 because it's <laughs> a big so big thing. When I was going through all these matchups, is that uh, both Hollywood and IU are listed as questionable, and yeah. then looking at his bench, he has no one. So yeah. if like those guys don't play, he's gonna he's he's not gonna. I would say if those guys don't play, he's not even gonna he's not gonna hit 90. Like, oh. hmm. and um, I I love Chris's team. Uh, Jefferson and Hill will probably single handedly beat Cornier's team.
2: Which is a combination is so cheap? It's not even funny. Um, I didn't know that Oliver Brown got hurt today in practice. Like, injured his finger or something, his thumb. Um, because yeah, he had been like questionable with hamstring stuff the first couple of weeks. So, um, I think he'll play. But I've been low on him all year. I'm going to keep that consistent. So um, Ayuk remains limited. We'll see what happens tomorrow in practice. I think Ayuk's going to play. I think he just didn't play last week because they had a short week. Um, Yeah. But even if he does play, is he going to be able to withstand a hit, you know, fall to the ground with a guy falling on him with his body weight? You know, put all that pressure on that same shoulder. Who knows? Um, I feel like. His risk of uh, re-injury might be a little high if he plays this week, so not good for Fournier. So, what, what's uh, what's your prediction for the score? You say it's going to be a blowout. You know what? I'm
1: I don't make a, a bold statement here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like 170 to like 90. It's amazing. That if that
2: happens. That would be the prediction of the year.
1: I. I, I love Chris's team team too I think Chris's team is by far the best team in the league top to bottom he has guys that can totally you know bust out big time um and so I think Chris can easily put up the, put up those
2: those numbers I got you all right let's go on to another which actually is uh kind of a it's a big time matchup uh going into the season. You know, Andy and Phil were two of the top three in the quote-unquote power rankings, right? Um, Andy has had a rough start to the year. He had a get-right victory last week against Max, where he pulled out the W. And Phil got spanked around a little bit by Chris. And Phil's, they both have really good rosters. It's just Andy's dealing with injuries and what have you. So, um, you know, Phil's projected to win 143 to 133. At uh, quarterback, it's kind of a wash. And I, before the year, I would have said Hertz over Herbert, uh, but I think Hertz isn't having that great of a year because uh, he was like talked about as QB one, and he's QB six. So obviously, a little bit of a letdown there. And Herbert looks really good, and they're gonna they seemingly want to throw the ball five thousand times a game. Um, so I'd say that's a wash there. I and mean, then we got Battle of the Rookies, Bijan versus Gibbs. Those guys were picks one and two in the draft this year, you know, based on usage uh, and performance overall. I think Bijan's got the advantage there. Right. Uh, then you got Ramondre versus Jerome Ford. I mean, they're projected for the same amount of points. They're two one-hundredths of a point away from each other. I just, I'm going to give the advantage to Ramondre every time and I guess that's name value more than anything, but um. Then we move on to wide receivers. Um. Oh my God! I didn't realize that Detroit's up twenty-four to three. Holy guacamole!
1: Is is good news for Watson actually because uh, they're they're gonna bomb it up.
2: Yeah, you have no choice now. And he's got zero catches on two receptions. Andy has Watson, Jamar Chase, and George Pickens. So those, you know, wide receivers are looking pretty good from a potential standpoint. Uh, we just don't know what we're going to get from Watson. And 0 for 2 is not a great start, but it's still very, very early. And they need to throw, like you said. Um, and Phil's got C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin. And then at the tight end and Flex, Phil's got Kelsey and Sky Moore. And Andy's got Goddard and Saquon. And it looks like Saquon might play. Um, so let's go through this as if Saquon is playing. Uh, who, who are you taking on this?
1: I think this this is a tight one. I I think Andy's team, yeah, he's had a lot of bad luck, but I think his team is definitely a serious contender and I think I got to go Phil just because I don't think this this game right now is going Andy's way. You know, with Gibbs and Watson, uh it's not it's not
2: looking too good. I agree with you. I mean, I think Phil's team is, is better to begin with, and Andy needs Gibbs and Watson to perform because they're supposed to be good. And I don't know. Something about these high-flying, very skilled, and special talented running backs on the Lions that just don't do well. Um, and, and to your point, right? So Andy's got 4.8 points from Gibbs and zero from Watson yes it's early so a lot can change but it's not a good start so he needs to have good performances from those guys i'm thinking phil wins 161 to 129 over andy i'm gonna say uh say
1: 155 to 145
2: i like it i like it uh let's go on to the next one here um which is a battle of the mics, a tradition like no other. We've got Mike Stasitis versus Mike Lis. Um, going into this game, Jordan Love was quarterback four. So it makes a lot of sense that Mike Stasitis would start him. However, he has negative 1.5 points. Um, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And he's going up against Lamar Jackson. And Lamar still Lamar. I learned that lesson last week. He dropped like thirty-five on me. Um, so would you agree? I kind of got go to go the advantage to list there.
1: Oh, definitely. That and I think this game is not is not helping
2: Staz whatsoever. And I I gotta say, all all lists here. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go through this because if Eckler plays for Mike, that for Stasitis, that's a that's a huge advantage because his running backs are not good without Eckler so if oh, yeah. Eckler plays it's an Eckler and Gus Edwards versus Henry and ETN matchup I mean here Henry was in the, in my mind for a buy low guy um uh, the problem is he's 29 we have a keeper league so you really want to give up for him
1: yeah like I I thought about him too for a buy low but he would be buy low just for this season where it's like all right like I'll I'll buy him low for this year, but then, like, that's it.
2: And, like, okay, so we're talking Derrick Henry, who was playing every snap, getting 20 to 30 touches a game. 48% snap share in week one. 71% snap share in week two. 38% snap share in week three. He has been out-snapped by Tajay Spears two out of the first three weeks. I mean, Look, if game script is going to affect his playing time so much, that's a big deal because the Titans yeah. look really bad. And it doesn't look like they're gonna be able to really stay in games unless they start throwing the ball a little bit better. Like they gotta throw the ball so they can run, which is a little bit inverse in what they're usually doing. That's because everyone's like, Can I throw the ball? Go ahead, try. Yeah. So by name, I think Mike list has the advantage from the running back position and like sure Henry could drop 50 at any point in time um but yeah etn your boy you could just carry Mike so oh yeah. uh, what do you think about the wide receiver matchups um I like I like Mike's wideouts
1: um which Mike? Ja- I think Jacoby Myers is super underrated because I I think Oakland is also a terrible team, and so like they're gonna need need to air it out, and teams teams are gonna are gonna have to start like doubling, tripling uh, Devonte, and Jacoby is gonna be like the the one that benefits from all that, yeah. And like on man, my, I didn't realize that that list is so like Tennessee heavy. He has Hopkins too, yeah. And so it's like I I can understand because. I went all in on the Steelers offense and Mike went all in on Tennessee's offense and going in, going in on a terrible offense, not a good decision (laughs) at all. It pains me because it's like seeing how bad the Steelers are, how they're, they're two and one this year, but that's because like they, their defense puts up everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's rough because it's like when it's bad,
2: it's bad.
1: Yeah,
0: I know.
2: Let's see, all right, what else we got here? We got Njoku and Pacheco versus Frymuth and Devonte. Yeah, you gotta you gotta give the side a lot of advantages here. Um, they're playing against the Chargers. Chargers are gonna score. The Raiders got to throw. My only question for Devonte and Myers is is Garoppolo playing? Because I think he's a concussion protocol. And if he isn't playing, who is the backup? I'm I'm Googling it right now because I do not know.
1: thing is, it's like Garoppolo, Garoppolo looks so bad that game. Like, I don't understand how someone that can... I mean, he airs it out, so I guess fantasy-wise, he's good. But the interceptions he threw were just some of the worst picks I've ever seen. It's like when he had so much time in the pocket, he would kind of panic, and then he would just throw it up. And I mean, it was always always like right by the sideline where it's like, are you trying to throw it out, but you just like can't make it out of bounds? Yeah. and he, It's just like, what are you
2: doing, man? He's always had such like, been, he's always been wildly inconsistent to the point where it's like, He's not always inconsistent, but when he's inconsistent, it's so bad. Like he's either on it or he's not, and when he's not, he's, he's bad. And I just looked it up. If Garoppolo doesn't play, it's Brian Hoyer. What, what is Josh McDaniels doing? What is he needs to never be a head coach again. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I mean, look if Garoppolo doesn't play and Mike decides plays. Jacoby and Devonte with Brian Hoyer throwing the ball. I have no idea what the what the outcome is going to be. My gut is telling me nothing good, but I don't yeah. know. He could always throw in Cadere's Tony or Gibson. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough if Garoppolo doesn't play fristusitis, um, and it doesn't how, look like I, he is. How many people out there
1: do you think wanted Tony? Go going into this year,
2: I would say somewhere between sixty and seventy percent of the league wanted to get him, and I I was one of them. I thought if like the price is right, and go for it. Um, but for the price to be right, I figured it would have to be like a really late round pick because he's never, never, ever. Um, I didn't think he would drop five passes and cause the Chiefs to lose week one, uh, because that's historically bad. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I was looking at it, and I was going to say Stasitis with ease. But, you know, again, it's really early, although the Packers just gave up the ball again. So Love is going to be in halftime, going into halftime, with, like, no less than five points, best-case scenario. He's still in the negative right now. um, So that's not ideal. But Jordan Love also blew up in the second half last week. So, you know. Whatever. I'm I'm st- I'm going to choose Staz, and I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 117 to 111. I think it's going to be low scoring.
1: Um, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I'm going to go Staz, too, and a close one, but I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, one
2: 130 to 120. Okay, so a close matchup for the Battle of the mics. The next one up is yourself versus second-place Jim Frantonio. Um, we've got QB matchup of Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins. If it's Mahomes versus anyone, you're going to give the advantage to Mahomes. Um, he's got Jacobs and Mostert, and you've got McCaffrey and Najee. Uh, I don't anticipate 40 points from Mostert again, just like we don't anticipate 60 points from achan. Uh, so I I think the running back advantage goes to you. Um, call it the Christian McCaffrey effect because he's he's running back number two and he's eighth overall this year. Uh, I think by the end he will be running back number one if he stays healthy. So yeah, um, you know, huge advantage there. And you know, hopefully Najee has a better game this year and falls into the end zone or gets some yards. If, bars, if there's there's
1: a game for Najee to break out, it's this game because against Houston you got to think that they're going to run the ball. It's like Houston – I know Houston has been putting up points, but I I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. And I think the Steelers' type play is to just, like, pound the ball.
2: They got it. I mean, that's – that's at the Steelers' MO. So, you know, yeah, hopefully Najee has a good game. I think even if he has a fair game, I think you've got the edge there um wide receivers you've got keenan allen nico collins and gabe davis jim's got Cortland sutton drake london and a.j brown um uh, the a.j brown keenan allen thing I, that's a, that's a wash they're both you know top 10 wide receivers um either one could blow up either one could i mean i think keenan allen considering what we've seen so far and what we saw in kellen moore's offense last year with cd lamb they're going to run plays to keenan allen Every play, every other play, you're on force feed him. He had 20 fucking targets last week.
1: I know that that's that, that's an insane thing. It's like a, that right there. Like Keenan Allen is is gonna eat. Like yep. I I love it.
2: And it's a really juicy matchup against the Raiders, and we've already trashed on them enough tonight, so we know that's good. Um, I, the Nico Collins thing is interesting. I'm a little biased because I'm all about Tank Dell, and Tank Dell's the the bee's knees, but Nico's no chump. Nico's no chump and gave what's uh, what's the asking price for tank right now couldn't even tell you don't know i don't want to trade him and i don't think anybody would want to pay for him so i i can't i don't even know because i he he was the one guy that from the draft
1: i i was trying to grab all the texans are receivers and like you jumped out on tank just like around around two too early because I had him circled, I was going
2: to pick him next, and then, and then yeah. you skips him. I, I purposely went after him early. I got him, I think, in the sixth round. I think so, yeah. And I kind of looked at it as the equivalent to the Christian Watson pick I made, I think, in the fourth or fifth round the year before, because Watson came in with a little bit higher uh, praise and whatnot. So, but like, these rookie wide receivers, these late-round picks who are in decent situations, have the skills and like the training camp reports were very positive for him. So I didn't even know that him and CJ Stroud had a really good connection as soon as they both got drafted by the Texans. I learned a little bit about that today. um But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would have to see an offer. So, like, what would you offer for Tink though? I don't know. I, I,
1: I gotta think about it. I, I would probably wait another week just to see how, how it shakes out because. Nico Collins was a beast, uh, I think, two weeks yeah. ago. Um, yeah. And Tank has kind of been overtaking him. So I got to see, like, how it, it shakes out, if it ends up being, like, a 50-50 split type of thing and all that. Because, I mean, and Nico Collins is also a young guy. So
2: He's 24. Yeah. It's interesting. Nico won 11 targets, 9 targets, and then 3 targets last week. It's weird. Exactly. Um I hope I don't get three targets from Tank Dell this week cuz I'm putting him in my lineup. So that would really suck. Uh but that's how fantasy goes. You have the guys on your bench who blow up and then you put them in the lineup and then they suck. So um anyways, I oddly enough, maybe not surprising to some people based on what I think of Drake London. Uh I think I'm going to give you the advantage of wide receiver and then Tight ends and flex. He's got Hawkinson, you've got Musgrave, and he's got Lockett, and you've got Cooks. I think he kind of separates himself a little bit with those two spots. Uh, Musgrave, you need to have a good game. He's one reception on one target for one yard. Uh, they're still on defense, and there's about three and a half minutes left in the game, in the half. So, um, not a great start for him, but similar to Watson, similar to Jordan Love, they're down a lot. It's only going to be halftime, and they need to throw. So there's, there's opportunities there for some points in the second half. Um, I think Hawkinson is very, very good. He's in a very good situation. So um, Hawkinson is probably going to have the advantage over everyone this year at the tight end position, not named Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then Lockett is just solid. I mean, he had three points, 26 points, then eight points. So not that consistent, but he can boom and add a flex. But that's kind of what you want so you don't rely on it but if they boom then it ends up kind of catapulting you to the victory so right now jim's projected to win 137 to 129 but you also famously don't have a kicker in your lineup yet so it's kind of looking like a wash
1: and i i was slow on this because i i only dropped my kicker like an hour before this so i kind of locally did that for the pod (laughs) Because it's like, and I gotta keep it keep it consistent here.
2: It's a weekly tradition, man. We we appreciate it. We look forward to it. We're excited who you pick up on Sunday.
1: You never know. It's like injuries happen. It's like if if some guy Joe Mixon like tears his ACL like today at practice, then it's like oh, who steps in? Travion Williams.
0: Who the fuck
1: is that? Exactly. So. So like it, it, it beats like holding on to a kicker. That's like it's all the
2: same, pretty much. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm I'm making a prediction. Jim has have a Niners defense with the juicy matchup against the Cardinals. I think that might be a difference maker. So I'm gonna say Jim wins one forty one to one thirty
1: six. Um, I'm gonna totally agree with you. I think I'm gonna get just dis- I'm gonna get slayed by the defense again. Yeah. I think- I think that Niners City is gonna put up like twenty points and I'm gonna lose by I'm gonna lose by like ten points and the difference is gonna be that,
2: that defense. I didn't even make the connection. What week was it? It was last week against Pat. And yep. the week before that against Phil. So 40, 42 point difference in the defenses like last week.
1: I, I I checked and I had the worst defense in the whole league last week. Like uh, not just not just up of, of like of us, like yeah. of all the NFL teams. It was I the make, worst
2: defense. What I don't understand is they gave up like half the points that uh the Broncos defense did. Yeah. And Broncos D had like negative six points. Uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh that, that might be the biggest discrepancy I've ever seen in a defensive matchup. Forty two points. That's insane.
1: Um, I'm now all for a team, like bring bring in the uh defensive player. It's like give me a defensive
2: player or or a team defense. I mean that's because defensive players is a no-brainer. And us us, yeah. not, us not doing that is just us refusing to change for no other reason than not wanting to. Uh being stubborn. Oh, that what makes it better is week one Cowboys defense dropped forty-four on you. So exactly. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Theme of the year. I'm sorry, man. Niners D is going to drop like at least 30 points on you this week. I'm, I already um, know. <laughs> you like, shut up, man. I know. <laughs> um, we'll go on to the next one. I'm going to jump back up to my matchup versus LeBar. Um, he's got two guys in action. We're both one and two. I'm 10th in the league. He's eighth. I'm projected for 127. He's currently projected for 123. At the quarterback position, Um Anthony Richardson practiced in full today, so he's going to play. Uh, so it's Richardson versus Trevor Lawrence. I mean, call me crazy, but I don't give, give the advantage to Richardson there. The dude's played five quarters. Yeah. And he played five quarters, and he is currently – oh, come on. What happened there? Quarterback 26. Okay, so that's terrible. Um, But through five quarters, he had 40-something fancy points. So if he's out there, he's going to score points. Hopefully they yeah. stay out there. Uh running backs. Um he's got Mixon and Aaron Jones. I've got Javante and HN. I mean, I would give him the advantage with Mixon and Jones. Uh the only problem with that is it's most half times two minute warning, and Aaron Jones has .5 points. So of all the Packers guys that we've talked about. I do think Aaron Jones is the most likely one, to score points in like garbage time and dump offs and whatnot. And like squeezing in a touchdown here. Um, I do think he's most likely to have a good second half outside of like Musgrave and Christian Watson and whatever. Um, so that's far, far from over. So I'm going to, st- I'm going to stick with LaBar getting the advantage at the running back position. Uh, am I crazy or do you agree?
1: No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, I think Mixon and Jones, that's that's a really good combo there. I think Mixon finally had his breakout game. Uh well semi breakout breakout game, and I think he, he's he's gonna look good against Tennessee this week.
2: Tennessee is a very, very good run defense. So if he looks good, that would suck, but that'd also be good for Mixon. So um moving on to wide receivers. Um We've got some interesting matchups here. I've got Chris Godwin on my bench this week. I'm kind of scared about it, but that's okay. Um, I've got Diggs, Palmer, and Tank Dell, and he's got Kirk, Evans, and Michael Thomas. Um, I really don't know what to make of my receivers in my lineup right now. Um, I really don't. The the it's incredibly scary. But I'm playing scared this week, so yeah. I got I got to take some chances here. Um, it's weird, it's close. I'm gonna say wash for those three, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Dad, I think you have such like a boom or bust
1: type at wide receivers with Palmer and Dell. Like yeah. if they show up, I think you you got it here. Um, I feel like Mike Thomas is like the X factor here because. Still so hard to understand like what to make of him because he was so bad for the past I don't know what three years. Yeah, and it's like like is he actually back or is this just a, a mirage? Oh well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give just because like I do love Tank Dell. I wanna give give uh, the the edge to you.
2: Pink. Pink. <laughs> uh, tight ends. He's got Laporta. Laporta has seven and a half. They're in the red zone. And I've got Comet. I'll be lucky if Komet gets seven and a half points in the whole game. So advantage Labar there. Um, and then the flex, I've got DK. He's got Madison. I would take DK over Madison every time oh, yeah. I thinking about it, uh, even though Madison's projected for, like, 0. 0.3 points more. Um, I'm projected to win. I'm going to pick my guys every week in every matchup. I don't care. Uh, so like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say 131 to 128. What do you think? Um,
1: I'm going to say, I'm going to say a little bit high, higher scoring. Cause I, I think both of you guys have guys that can put up numbers. I'm going to say you win 145
2: to 140. I'll take it. All right. What do we got next? We got two left here. We've got Max versus Pat. Um, Max has an interesting team going through. Um,
1: What I I think this is my matchup of of the week, because I honestly think this might be the two worst teams in the league. Oh. Um, And – I, I know, P- Patty just just beat me, so that's saying something about my team. That I that I think Patty's team is one of the worst teams. But just yeah. look look
2: at at his running backs. It's like, yeah, I know it's bad, and even like throwing the quarterback right. So you got Dak Prescott, Mister One Hundred Dollars himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is not
2: fab, a good fantasy quarterback anymore? Fab
1: Fab is so dumb. I i realized that I picked up uh I picked up some oh uh Tony Jones. I, I paid like 15 Fab just like a week ago, and then I dropped him before he I even played a game. So it's like what was the point of picking him up? I don't know
2: man, ask yourself that question. What's
1: what's I'm I I feel like just take my fab. It's like I it's like <laughs> it, I'm bad with
2: fab. I'm only,
1: they make bad decisions with Fab. I shouldn't be trusted with with it.
2: At least you didn't waste some good money on Fab to get a guy named Josh Kelly, who had a combined six points in the two weeks that we played him. And you played him over Devon HM, who dropped 60. <laughs> and you played him <laughs> over Tank Dell, who dropped 30. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I agree with him. Fab is done. Eliminated. Um, but, in this matchup, we touched on Dak. Pass running backs are Chuba Hubbard and Cam Akers. That's brutal. Um uh, Max has Geno Smith, Brees Hall, and James Cook. Advantage Max. Easy. Advantage Max. Yeah. Like 100 percent I like James Cook. Brees Hall's Brees Hall. So uh who the hell knows what's gonna happen with the Jets? That's another thing. Um BI yeah, advantage max there, and then you know, this is a big difference for me. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone, right? So, Pat's got Jordan Addison, Chris Lave, Debo Samuel, Evan Ingram, and Amari Cooper. Those are four good wide receiver options and a yeah. good tight end option. Uh, you know, Ingram is number four tight end, he's got five targets, eight targets, eight targets. It's pretty good for a tight end that's production that you want. Um, and then on the other side, Max has got Josh Reynolds, Kendrick Bourne, Rasheed Rice, Dalton Kincaid, and Rondell Moore. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. And I don't know what else to say about that. Um Josh Reynolds has seven points and its halftime. He's got five targets. He's two for 49. That's pretty good. I think – um Josh Reynolds had 24 points in week two and zero points in week three. So the fact that he's getting targets and catches in the first half of this week tells me maybe Josh Reynolds is going to have a good week. And Max's chances of winning rely on Josh Reynolds having a good week. So um, if he can get double digits, that's not bad. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I, can't, I I want to have some fun on this one. And I'm choosing Max in an upset, one nineteen to one hundred eight. Um, I and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go Max
1: too. Um, and I'm going to go uh one hundred five to ninety. I love it. Um, I, I, if if there's anyone that desperately needs to make a trade, it is Patty Low because he if when Cooper Cup come, comes back, his wideouts are amazing. And well. he, he's going to have too many because when when Cup come, comes back, that's five wideouts for four spots. So, uh, the bench. Addison, yeah, yeah, you know, like you got Addison, uh, you would have Addison move to the bench probably, and he just needs running backs. Like you can't win without any running backs like this. He's, like he's- you give him, you give Patty even just one decent running back. I think Patty team Patty's team is like right on the
2: brink of playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, taking the zero RB strategy to a whole nother level. Yeah. He could actually get zero points from his running backs. (laughs) Easily. (laughs) (laughs) So we got, we got one more matchup left. Um, and that is actually before we do that, let's save that last matchup. Let me ask you a random quick, two random questions. Um, So, I had a little moment today where I started to, I remembered Andy uh, Bernard in the office who, towards the end of the series, has that line where he's like, I wish you could remember the good times while they're happening, as opposed to when they're no longer the good times anymore, and I was thinking about the little things today, and I want to just acknowledge and show appreciation to something in my life that I figure I'm probably going to miss in however many years when I can no longer do it. So the question I asked you earlier was name one piece of your life that you should acknowledge more so you don't miss it when it's gone. And mine is very simple. I have the privilege of working with my dad and every time he's here in town every other week. And usually bring him lunch pick up lunch once a week when he's here every time i do we give him lunch and i usually say so what's for dinner before we even open up our lunches and it's usually a, some variation of how the hell am i supposed to know or i haven't even had lunch yet why are you even asking me i have all this work to do yada 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 and we laugh and we, we move on with our days just the little thing of saying what are we having for dinner before we even have lunch is just something cool so a little Little trinket of my life there that I think I'm gonna miss, like walking in my dad's office and just chokingly be like, Oh, what's for dinner? When we haven't even had any food yet today. Something I'm gonna miss. So what about you? So
1: it's it's funny because it's like I feel like I know we have a lot of other fellow uh educators in, in this league. And I think my, my answer is such like a teacher, teacher answer. And it's like I'm I'm gonna miss like seeing these kids every day Uh because it's like you know whenever i do decide to like leave teaching leave the classroom which i think definitely will happen at some point it's like i'm I'm gonna miss like seeing these seeing these kids every day seeing how they grow just like the stupid jokes they tell just (laughs) like the conversations like i've had such great like nba talks with these seventh grade kids like it's it's bad where it's like i i don't i don't even teach anymore because i just go on a whole tangent about like you know their like finals predictions like like who's who's like the top five point guards of of all time and like the wild thing is that even these kids today like they they know their history like They'll name players that it's like, I didn't think he knew that. Like, you know, I I guess some Derek Fisher, I guess maybe a little bit more known because of all all the other stuff, but like they know Derek Fisher, uh, they know like Ron Harper, just like all these like random like dudes from the 90s. (laughs) It's like, wait, but like you weren't even born yet. So uh, I'm gonna miss like just just shooting the shit with with some of these kids. Um and just how like how I just forgot about everything when I was like doing that. And how, you know, yeah, just like teaching in general, it brings so many of those moments that I think sometimes I forget about. And this is probably the first school year that coming back from summer to school, it hit me how much I actually missed work, how much I missed actually like seeing these kids. As well, as well as some of, of my coworkers. I, I think also that's my other shout out is some of my fellow teachers that I've been working with for a while. It's like, man, it's like they've kept me so sane that yeah. like I don't even realize that without them, I would have lost my shit big time.
2: Yeah. Man, that's
1: so, totally I, I think I think that's my little things is like just
2: talking basketball with seventh grade kids. <laughs> As someone, as someone who coached 7th uh, and 8th graders in rec basketball, I'll tell you this. I get it. It's so fucking fun. They're so like amped up about how they feel about things. And they get excited. And then it gets you excited. And then you're like, oh, my God, that conversation was so fun. I've never felt more alive than, <laughs> than
1: talking with these 12-year-old kids about NBA players.
2: That's incredible.
1: It's like their hype hypes me up. And then it's like, oh, man, this is great.
2: So, so speaking of hype, um, one album or one song in your life that's special to you that gets you hyped up, that gets you excited, that makes you reminisce about shit, who did who did you go with and why? So it does the opposite of hyping me up.
1: It just puts me at such a zen state. Okay. Uh get free, which which like. You were the one that in, introduced Get Free To Me. And so, yeah, like, that song will always just bring me back to California, to your, like, crazy apartment there, to those <laughs> Orange Orange County days, um, to going to the beach, having those, those beach beers at Newport Beach and everything. Way and at night. so, like, still, whenever I put that song on, I just zone out completely. Like, everything else just drops away. And I think a big part is that uh, of it is that when I hear the song, I just picture the music video perfectly, <laughs> like the entire <laughs> thing. And I, I just like freeze and I'm just like there. The even, music even, videos it's amazing. And so when I hear the song, I just I see the music video and I don't see anything else. Well, and wow. so that's my song that like will always have that kind of feeling for me. For you know, sentimental reasons for for the California connections, as yeah. well as just the just the calming effects
2: that it has on me as well. I I appreciate that, and honestly, the uh, the California days were amazing. I always think about them, and you know this because I text you pretty much every time I listen to a Monsters and Men. But they were a big group because we saw them live, and we listened yeah. to a bunch. We were hanging out over there, so like, yeah, man, I love uh associating music with memories and good times and that's what makes music so amazing. Um and for me I, I chose an album to think about today and that's another reason why I played the song from Wale earlier at the beginning. Um it's an album about nothing has the connection to Jerry Seinfeld. The things that Jerry Seinfeld talks about at the beginning of the songs like they all have some really cool meanings and things that like just make you think. And you know, they're conversations about nothing, but their conversations about everything. And that's that's the whole point. And for a rapper to incorporate a show from the 90s and a comedian who's like 60 you know, something years old, it's just really cool. And, you know, I've had so many good memories with that throwing darts. You know, the Lenai I used to live down in Florida with Jacqueline with my parents and listening to good music. Uh, building relationships with some of the college kids who worked for me up at Burlington Boathouse uh, because I would play a song from the album and they'd be like
0: what you listen to Wale you like this album
2: and then all of a sudden like our relationship just like kicks up a notch you know and like we start bonding on things um so like I've just had a lot of good memories with this album and memories with people who you know are very important to me in my life who also I've had some trying times who have like talked to me about stuff in their life while listening to this album. So um, uh, a lot of the memories that I have, have absolutely nothing to do with the lyrics or the songs themselves, other than they were playing in the background and they were relaxing and soothing while we were talking about shit. And I think that kind of just highlights the whole album about nothing, but album about everything type of thing, you know? um, uh, So yeah, that's, that's what I got. I think I want to try and just incorporate music more and more because it's so important to what we do in life. And we got to keep talking about music because when the Spotify annual uh, hits come out where they recap your year, you know, we're going to talk about that this year again. So, um, I think
1: it's so fucking cliche, but sharing that those like Spotify, like end of year things, I think it's always such a cool thing to see those lists um because like i always love knowing other people's like music tastes so i'm yeah. always like looking for new stuff um and I, yeah i'm i'm very excited for that uh, um but also like i'm telling you if you haven't seen uh if you haven't checked out like the on spotify like the whole like dj thing it's some like ai dj thing hmm. it's actually like it's really cool because like it will it knows because of like, the music you've listened to, it will play the songs you like, and then it'll throw in new stuff that... that
0: hey, what's know. going on?
1: <laughs> and, and it'll play play new stuff also that it thinks you, you may like. And it even has that whole, like, an actual DJ that will, like, give you little, like, intros to songs and, and every, everything.
2: Like, you know, a little background and all that. It's really, really cool. Uh Yeah, I accidentally clicked on it without knowing that it was going to come on as you were talking. So that was that was my DJ saying, hey, what's going on? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So All I'm right, definitely cool. going to listen to that and take your advice there. Um, I'll say this about music. I had no idea what kind of music Kareem and Tim listen to. Like if someone someone would be like, I'll give you a million dollars if you guess Kareem or Tim's favorite type of music, I'd be like, I don't know, rap.
1: Yeah, it's okay. like, like on, I know, I know Tim, Tim went on a big T.I. phase. Like, Tim, Tim was the most diehard T.I. fan I've ever met in my whole life. Okay. So, Such I don't know if it still holds true today. These days, I have no idea. Um, and I feel like Kareem, Kareem is definitely, like, I feel like he's probably indie music. I feel like he had, he's probably very, like, Colorado music scene, you know, uh, like great a music, of, like a lot of bands that like no one has has heard of, um, and
2: all that stuff. So I'd be very curious to, to know like Kareem's playlist. Oh, we got to get them on and uh and start to learn about their taste of music here. But in the meantime, uh, I I got a question for you because uh, you had all yeah, these yeah. stuff. So, um, yeah. I
1: was like asking asking the list. If you could go to three concerts, alive or dead, who who would it be?
2: I wanna to go to another fish concert. It's been at least 10 years since I've seen them. And I want to see them before they die. Um oh, that's a good one to think of on the spot right now. Um a very fun concert. I wanna see the gorillas. I think that would just be super fun and trippy and a really cool experience, because you typically brings a lot of different musicians out on the stage and it's very involved and exciting so like and whatever um and then i'm trying to look through my on repeat playlist to see if i get any triggers for um oh yeah i i can't that's modest mouse never seen them live they have meant so much to me in like dark times in my life where i've just been in a bad spot and like Whatever I fall in love, I fell in love with them so hard, I have to go see them. So yeah, right after that, those those are my three.
1: Um, what about you? Mine, mine are, are all dead. Um, Prince, by far, Prince is my number one. That's cool. I think Prince in concert would just be mind blowing. Like I've i read read about like the sets that that, that he's he's played before. Like it, you 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 probably seen like the Rock and Roll Hall Fame, you know, Super Bowl halftime show. It's like just unbelievable like Rips. amazing um i think i would go hendrix um because again like listening to some of his, of his live albums and like seeing like the whole like woodstock footage like i think that would be just an amazing show and then my last one i'm i want to totally slow it down and go nina simone huh yeah just very very like just like emotional and just like soft but powerful and just like so moving because i think nina simone is one of the most talented musicians of all time um and just i think i would i would cry so much during 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 her show but it would be like tears of, of like how am i feeling so many things
2: yeah of appreciation and just oh I was not expecting Nina Simone, I'm not gonna lie, probably never would have guessed that. So that's so, uh, I, That's bad.
1: YouTube, YouTube uh feelings by Nina Simone. And it's uh, it's her playing a live version of Feelings, and it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. That and huh? stars. I, I think it was actually the same, the same concert that, that she played both of them. Both of them just like speechless. I will be doing Mm-hmm.
2: What was the concert?
1: Um, I think it was it's like like Monterey, like uh, but you know it's like Canadian spelling. Uh, but if you just type I'm in "Nemo's feelings" and it, it should come up. This one. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah.
2: You got it. All right. On the list. Boom. All uh, right. Let's do this. Let's wrap up our matchups here because we got one more, and then we'll do a quick recap of where we are with the live matchups. Uh, we've got. One and two, Kareem Khalil, versus zero and three, Tim McDonald. Kareem has already said that he's gonna put Tim in the dungeon this Ooh. week, so things are getting spicy. This might be matchup of the week here because Tim' season might be on the line. Um, falling to zero and four is very difficult to come back from. So at the QB position, one of the reasons why Tim is zero and four is he's got Justin Fields, and Kareem just traded for two up. Uh, despite the matchup, you can't really pick fields over anybody yet this year until you see it, so you got to give the advantage to Kareem there. Uh, running backs Tim's got Miles Sanders and Kyron Williams, and Kareem's got DeAndre Swift and Alvin Kamara. I think Kamara is getting a lot of praise because people forget he wasn't that good last year
0: yeah Uh,
2: so I've never been a Miles Sanders guy he's questionable because what else is new but he has had 14 points 9 points and 18 points so he's not a nobody he's there and Kyron Williams played 100% of the snaps last week he only had nine points but he had 19 and 30 points in weeks one and two and Playing the Colts, I anticipate the Rams scoring some points. So, uh, I'm gonna weirdly give the advantage to Tim here in the running backs. Uh, then wide receivers isn't even close. Like it's not even close for me. Like Kareem's got Waddle, Ridley, and Puka Nakua. Yeah, and Tim's got D J Moore, Zay Flowers, and Jerry Judy. I like Kareem's wide receivers so much more than timbs and i mean zay flowers is getting a ton of targets a ton of receptions but he's not doing much with it uh dj moore is being exactly what dj moore has been his entire career and yes that means you can blame the quarterback play because that's what dj moore has been his entire career and then jerry judy i mean he's questionable with a knee injury now so that's concerning because he just had the hamstring stuff Uh, He did have a good week last week. He had five for 81. Uh, And he's got a juicy matchup, but I don't trust him. I've got him in another league where I could start up to four or five wide receivers based because of the flex plays, and I'm I'm not playing him. I'm I'm too scared. I don't trust him. Um, And then tight ends, you know, Waller versus Kittle. Waller's been a big disappointment for those who thought Waller was going to be good. Um, and Kittle has been Kittle. So, kind of a wash there. And then Zach Moss versus Rashad White. Beginning of the year, I'd say, what is Moss doing in a lineup? But Moss has averaged 25 points in the two games he's played. He's had 18 carries for 88 yards and one touchdown with four touches and 19 yards. Then 30 carries for 122 yards, two receptions for 23 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, dude is getting a ton of action and he's doing kind of good. So I think you gotta give the advantage to Kareem there. And because of that, I think Kareem's gonna win 140 to
1: 130. Um
2: I'm gonna go ahead and say
1: same thing. I uh, think Kareem is gonna win. Uh I'm gonna say a little bit a little more low scoring. I'm gonna say 130 to 125. I, I think it's gonna be a close one yeah I didn't, and I feel bad for Tim because going into into the season I like Tim Tim's team a lot is I think Tim pretty much took like the list of the sleepers and just took every single one like if you look at his at his team it's every single sleeper going into this year and it's like that this is what happens like sometimes like they don't work out and yeah that's that's what happened but like it could have gone the other way and then his team would have been
2: incredible. Yeah, that's, uh, it's true. I feel like none of his players have panned out Nah, which and is I like incredibly absolutely. unlucky. Um, cause like he had depth, he had five keepers going into the, into the draft. He was settled at tight end with a good tight end option. He had a bunch of picks in the first couple of rounds. Um, And he he made good picks at those positions, at those spots. And literally none of them have worked out. And you you could say Zay Flowers has been working out based on the amount of attention he's getting. Um, You know, 25 targets through three games for a rookie. That's pretty darn good. Um, He's just averaging like seven yards per catch. And that's not that good. Um, But even his bench, right, he's got Dalvin Cook. People were into Dalvin Cook beginning of the year. Jonathan Mingo got a lot of praise for someone who could be a sleeper. Exactly to your point. Rashad Bateman, for those people who thought he would be good at this point in his career, he has not been good. He's been a disappointment. Elijah Moore, another good guy, but he's wide receiver 50 at this point in the season. So he hasn't been what people thought he would be. Uh, Wandale Robinson. He is another guy that could pan out, but he's coming back from an injury. He came back last week. He only played 22% of the snaps, but he had five targets. So that kind of tells you, like, he might be someone that nobody thought about before the draft. That could pan out for Tim over every other one of his guys, uh, okay. which is a good pick for him to have, but bad given the rest of his team because he also kept Jahan Dotson, um, who's wide receiver 7-4 which is not good he's got nine points five points and four points and he's been playing 87 85 and 94 percent of the snaps so what so yeah things have not worked out for tim so far this year and even if everything flips after this week if he's on four and everything flips and his guys start panning out i don't think he can come back from it it's it's a lot it's like if if tim tim cm doesn't
1: pan out like what's what's like his move cuz i like if these guys don't pan out he doesn't have guys to trade no cuz they don't pan out i mean no. talk, about,
2: and, talk about and buy he, low guys this whole team
1: he doesn't he doesn't have any draft picks really next year he's low he, as his first draft pick is third round so yeah, he's already down his first and second round pick.
2: So he would have to, not have to, but you would think, um, if some of his guys start to play a little bit better, he's gonna move. He's gonna move them for picks that aren't the first two rounds.
1: And I would say, like, I think mid season Tim is gonna be a big time seller. Like, assuming that some of these guys start breaking out and the teams that are making playoff push pushes will buy on these guys, hoping that it sustains. And I'm yeah. saying this as one of those guys that is like, the more I say this, it's like I'm definitely going to end up trading with Tim. Like, mid-season. I always make, like, a low-key trade. Yeah. Um, and I think Tim's team is the perfect team to do that with. That's like, and I'll give you, like, a second-round pick for some Guy that is in a good position, that has been looking a little bit shaky, but I feel confident can perform the last couple weeks, like the Rashad White. Exactly, yeah. It's like especially a running back for me. If, assuming that Najee, if Najee gets benched, Rashad White would be an excellent target for me. have a like a reasonable, reasonable guy that's like, I think I I can give up not too much. And and get that running
2: back that I need. Yeah, I hear you on that. But would Tim do that? Would he give up Rashad White for a second round pick?
1: Yeah, that, I don't really know. I, I would probably, he would probably talk me into giving up a second round pick and future picks also, which I would probably end up doing just because it's like if if I'm going for it, I I got to go for it. It's like yeah. you. Whenever whenever you make a run, like, you forget about the future. And it's like, I will trade everything in the future to win right now. Sadly, it it hasn't happened yet. But
2: you hopefully – And in the mix every year. Exactly. So. So. You might be screwed when McCaffrey gets hurt. That's what people may or may not be saying, man. Or not gets hurt if he retires. So – Eventually, you're not going to have McCaffrey, so what, what are you going to do? I mean, ETN
1: was was the su- succession plan. So, again, list all my first, all my future picks and Najee for ETN, please. Boom. And, hey, and, hey, and take take my fab, too. <laughs> it would it, be doing me a favor if you take my fab. Just take it.
2: No, I love it. <laughs> Well, looks like the second half has started and the Packers are driving. I'm going to go sit on the couch and enjoy the rest of my evening watching this football game. This has been fun. I enjoyed talking to you, man. It's Thank been you, fun, man. Thank you for coming. No Always.
1: worries. I want to get myself down to uh, Florida sometime soon.
2: Just let me know. We'll be here and we'll, we're going to have a fucking blast. Excellent. All right, man. Have a good night. Tell those kids that uh, – Allen Iverson would be the best player in the league this year if he was in his prime in twenty twenty three and see what they say.
1: God, I I will definitely ask them and I'll I'll get back to you on that. All right, man. Sounds good. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. See you later.